Week 11, welcome to the Web3 Experience, an educational show covering the exponentially growing frontier of crypto, NFTs, Web3, dApps, DAOs, and more. <laughs> this is an open conversation in crypto where anyone in the world can jump in and join the discussion. So feel free to hit that little blue button in the bottom right corner of the spaces and request to jump up and speak. Quick disclaimer, um, these spaces are recorded and posted to Spotify. This is all just for entertainment purposes only, not financial advice ever. Crypto and NFTs are both risky. It's like going to Vegas in some ways, you can lose real money. So be alert for scams, get educated and never invest what you can't afford to lose. That being said, thanks again for jumping on to the Web3 Experience show. And uh, we have Jay Rocky, the awesome co-hosts up here and today we're going to be talking to the dope horse team so very very excited for this conversation what's up jay rocky yeah how's it going man i'm very excited for this one for sure i know that in the past few episodes we've been talking about dope wars uh so you know reached out to the team and uh they were excited to come on as well and i know that some of our listeners uh will have will have some questions for them too so lots to cover today a lot of good information absolutely yeah it's funny how i think dope wars did come up like in the past two or three weeks, a couple times. Um, so it's pretty cool that kind of just naturally arose in our conversation. And here they are, you know, going to jump on today. So definitely exciting. Uh, one of the big crypto games on the optimism space. And, you know, their NFTs are on Quixotic. You can see the Dope Wars gear, as well as the Dope Wars Hustlers collections. I think we have a lot to a lot of cool questions. I, I think we've come up with for them too, so it should be a good conversation. Um, and yeah, so you reached out to them, and I guess heard back. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, actually, Swamp Fox uh, <clears throat> has just joined us. So if we want to pull him up on stage, and then we also have uh, Faces of ETH coming in soon as well. Uh, and so we can pull both of those guys on stage, um, and then we can uh, we can get started. All right, just send them a re little invite request here, and yeah, I don't know if they want to jump on from the Dope Wars account or whatever, but yeah, I just followed you, Swamp Fox, and um, yeah, excited to hear from a couple members of the team. It sounds like so that'll be cool. Yeah, so uh, today I'm actually excited to hear about, you know, where the progress of the Dope Wars game uh, is at and kind of the, the story behind that. Uh, and also uh, towards the end, you know, once we uh, review the game and get some questions in, um, I'm excited to talk a little bit about the live OP game. Uh, governance or the live uh, funding proposal that they submitted to the optimism governance forum um, for funding that's uh that is actually live for voting right now and finishes up the 20th so kind of talking talking through that yeah that's extremely exciting i was reading through the their proposal and looking at some of the comments i think there's some cool feedback and yeah i see we have the dope wars um team up here now so what's going on dope wars how are you guys yeah what's up guys how you doing good good things are going well thanks for jumping in really appreciate it it sounds like you and jay rocky connected so that's great yeah no worries thanks for having me on so this is just uh faces here from the dope wars account um i think 
we'll have Slasher, a.k.a. Butterbum, joining us, who is our delegate who put together the proposal as well. Um, let me just jump on Discord and remind him, though. Awesome. Oh, yeah. So you guys do have a Discord as well. Um, definitely something to check out and, you know, stay up to date on everything. Yeah, guys, you can pull me off speaker. Uh, I'm listening in on the background. I might ask some questions in a little bit, but I got my hands full right now. All right. No worries. Sounds good, man. That's understandable. Somebody's got to be doing some actual work, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's always fun because I just sort of started reading some proposal stuff. I read your delegate submission, Jay Rocky, uh, last week or last Friday on during a car ride. Um, I mean, yeah, it's really it's really a great kind of application that uh, Optimism's put together there. Uh, you can anyone can really go on that Optimism Governance website and look at all the delegates. I think there's I'm not sure how many there are, but I think over a couple thousand and you know you can read proposals like the one that dope wars has submitted as well as other proposals and um yeah i think that proposal if i'm not mistaken was one of the first proposals in the optimism ecosystem for a crypto game and you know i always love following you know the the apps that are not strictly financial so it's cool to see a game like like Dope Wars kind of, you know, innovating and looking to build some new exciting things. Cool, y'all. So I just tweeted it out. Hopefully have the uh, couple more folks from our side of things jump on and, and hang out with us. But um, not sure about Slasher, a.k.a. Butterbum, our delegate. He seems to be offline right now. But um, if y'all want to get started, we could do that, too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so why don't we just start uh, with you kind of explaining what you do for Dope Wars, uh, your kind of role there before we get into the, the game. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a little complicated. Um, so I was one of the first people to jump in the Discord, um, actually after the Mint. So I was not a part of the Mint, uh, which was a free Mint, gas-only um, end of September, beginning of October last year, that was uh, Denison and Terrence from Tally, um, the voting platform. And so those guys put that together. Um, I was just a NFT trader, um, designer, you know, uh, hacker at that time. And I, and I found the project actually on Etherscan um, because it was consuming a bunch of gas. And I was just kind of watching Etherscan to see what was going on at that time. Um, jumped in, bought a bunch on secondary market and then started really ideating with the rest of the folks in the Discord on what it could be, right? Uh, I think the general idea was obvious. Um, having played the old school Dope Wars game, um, uh, me personally on my old Mac, but a lot of other people played it on, you know, like a TI-83 or, or what have you, calculator or, you know, Windows machines. Um, and, and a lot of us just started kicking ideas around. Okay, well, you know, what does this game actually look like? There was no actual plan for a game then, right? The, uh, the idea was that you have these primitive kind of gaming tokens that give you the possibility of, of creating something. And um, all of the secondary sales or 5% of the secondary sales funneled into a treasury controlled by the DAO. That's kind of the framework that Denison and Terrence and a couple others set up for, for the project from the beginning. And it was really Denison's idea um, to do that, right? And so uh, because loot was really popular at the time. 
Um, people also caught on to this and I think speculated quite a bit on, okay, this is kind of like a GTA themed loot or a, like an urban, you know, hip hop themed loot um, brought a number of creative people into kind of the, the orbit of the DAO thinking about what they could build and how they could lend their skills. Um, and so at that time, you know, the, the tokens are not all that attractive, right? It's like this black background with white text. The font isn't particularly nice or anything like that. <laughs> Uh, and, and me being a designer, I jumped in and thought, okay, well, how do we brand this thing? Uh, you know, what, what is the Dope Wars voice? Uh, how do we communicate this? What could a game uh, look like? And, and so I just started designing it because um, I had some free time on my hands and, you know, happened to just be looking for a new opportunity after leaving a startup I was at, uh, leading a design team over there. And, you know, threw together some ideas for, you know, the, the brand and the look and uh, put a video getter together on what the website looked like, which became dopewars.gg, which I ended up building. Um, and, and then, you know, we had someone else uh, come along, Mr. Facts, and visualized what the characters might look like. Um, and then we all worked together to, to build it, you know, with Terrence, uh, one of the, the first folks building on Dope Wars, actually creating the smart contracts to um, create them on chain. Um, and during that whole kind of beginning period, I uh, tried to step in as like a product manager, uh, design lead slash uh, engineer, uh, coding also on, on the front end side of things and, and doing all that stuff. Um, and, and so that's kind of where I am today. I guess people, you know, see me as a part of a quote unquote core team, but there really is no core team uh, because it really is a true spirit, uh, true spirit of a DAO. Like having a, a token allows you the ability to vote on how to control the treasury, but there really is no lead. I think people see me as a lead or the lead because I spend a lot of time working on this thing, um, which comes with its its ups and downs. <laughs> so when, when you ask me, uh, that's a long-winded way, I guess, to answer uh, kind of what is my role. It's just um, I try to be what the project needs, and I try and, and lead it and steer it towards success and prosperity. And right now, um, you know, having... Uh, stepped back. So around March, I stepped back and, um, you know, I was not, I'm not getting paid for dope wars. Um, so I, I needed to make a little bit of money and took on some contracting jobs and, and did some of those things. Um, and, and really, I, I was hoping someone else could step into that product lead role or product manager role and uh, software manager role, but no one really did. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I'm right now, what I'm trying to do is figure out how we really make this a real project going forward, potentially with a core team, like a real core team, maybe by funding a sub DAO um, and, and really delivering on some of the ideas that I created uh, back when that I hoped people would pick up and run with, but, but have not. So, um, you know, in, in context of the optimism proposal and, um, you know, funding and treasury and all of those things, um, I'm really trying to figure out how to make this a, you know, a product driven organization where we're actually being able to release things and generate revenue um, for the DAO. And, and that is really the, the role that I am currently occupying, um, which, you know, led to a number of things, um, including the optimism proposal. I was not the author of it, but, but an editor for sure. Um, and really trying to think, think about how we, you know, um, how we make the DAO survive. Uh, because DAOs are difficult. So those are some of the things I think about on the, on the day-to-day when it comes to dope wars. A lot to unpack there. Thank you for kind of giving us a huge overview there. So that just to clarify that free mint gas only, that was on layer one or on layer two? 
It's on layer one. So, um, okay. yeah, on layer one. And, and the reason why optimism was chosen is because our, our hustler characters are really complicated uh, NFTs, really complicated smart contracts. So the, the act of creating a hustler or claiming gear actually initiates um, nine new NFTs on the optimism platform. Um, which you can imagine if you were doing that on, on mainnet, especially when ETH was, you know, $4,000 in ETH would be really, really expensive. Um, and the idea that we had as a, as a team or as a collective was to um, be able to, once you kind of unpack or claim this gear on your character, you're able to swap those pieces of gear tokens. Um, and you can do all that on, on the dopewars.gg site, which, um, you know, we built out. But all of that uh, swapping and trading and everything happens on optimism. So if you want to upgrade your your character in a game that will be you know built in the future, um, we didn't think it was smart to have to take a you know two hundred dollar gas hit for just equipping a new weapon or something. That doesn't seem like a really fun experience, and it doesn't seem like a sustainable experience. So um, optimism is used for all of those um, those items. We still do have the dope. Um, you know nfts on mainnet but we're considering how we might um replace those you know there's a lot of ideas that people kick around um maybe after you've claimed your gear and claimed paper which is an erc20 token um you know you might be able to turn that dope nft into something else and in, in the future it's you know just an idea that we're considering though i see okay so there's a layer one like OpenSea, Ethereum mainnet, uh, NFT, and then a lot of the items, right? Like, like um, Dope Wars gear on Quixotic Brute is on layer two. So the core, the core items are on layer one, and then you have sort of like other items on layer two that kind of help save, uh, save gas. Yeah, is that, would that be accurate? Sort of hybrid between L one and L two. Uh, sort of, yeah. So the the L one tokens allow you to, uh, if they have not been claimed already, um, claim an ERC-20 token called paper. Um, they also allow you to claim individual items of gear that are described via text, right? So if it says, oh, you have an AK-47 and a, you know, a Porsche and some Nikes and things like that, uh, the, the process of claiming the gear creates those, you know, one-line text-based, uh, you know, phrases as NFTs on Optimism. And, and once you've claimed them once, they can't be claimed again. And so, um, the the utility of the dope NFT at that time just becomes a voting token on you know that controls our treasury. Um, so you know if we you know people come and propose things and they say hey I want to you know I want to build something and do you guys want to compensate me for it the the DAO comp, you know votes on that using the dope NFTs. So like we had a a pixel artist come in and say you know hey I I want to build uh, you know like a, a game out of this or, or like a map an MMO type thing. And it'll cost X amount of uh, Ethereum over, you know, this month period. And then the DAO votes, you know, yes or no um, with those L1 NFTs. Hopefully that makes sense. We, we have a complicated kind of setup, which uh, I am continually trying to simplify and explain. Um, does not get easier, though, which is, I think, why we really need a uh, great website to help <laughs> do all that stuff. Yeah, no, that's exciting. Appreciate you kind of going into more detail there. That was uh very helpful um and i imagine you know you mentioned trying to create revenue for the dow and make this be really more of a product driven organization um you know i think getting a product leader product manager in there at some point would be a huge a huge step so 
uh, yeah, just wanted to give a shout out in case anyone's listening that they're looking for a product manager. And um, I was thinking about um, the paper token, right? So you get paper when you purchase an NFT on layer one, and that is actually used to vote and to control the treasury, right? That is not entirely accurate. So when, when you no, buy, okay. yeah, when you buy the dope NFT, which is kind of the black background with a white text on it, if it has never been claimed before, if no one has ever interacted with it, um, and, and there are, you know, those are few and far between now because most of them have been claimed. Uh, at one point, you're, the, the original owner or the first person to actually make that paper claim can claim the ERC-20 utility token called paper. Um, that token exists separately of the dope NFT. And that's the idea behind that is it is only used to be a utility token for games, right? So um, there, there is, there are multiple games under development. One of them is um, sort of a, a homage to the original Dope Wars uh, game. And the idea there is that um, there are different levels of risk. So like maybe you can just play for gas. Maybe another risk level is you put paper into a pot and play against 10 other people to win that pot. Um, and then maybe like a third kind of hardcore mode is PVP. So if like you die in the game, your NFT gets burned or something like that. Um, the other use for paper uh, currently is to initiate uh, a hustler and claim gear. So that process actually takes, um, so it started at 12,500 paper, but it halves every, I think it was the 60 days or so. So now I think it's, uh, God, I think it's somewhere around 3,000 paper right now to claim, but I don't quote me on that one because I haven't looked at it in a moment. Um, but you, you pay paper into the smart contract and then it actually does that uh, unpacking process of turning the dope NFTs into gear on optimism. And then that's funneled back into the Dow treasury. All right, cool. So we got a little bit of tokenomics explanation there. Um, yeah, that's helpful, I think. Um, yeah, the game definitely reminds me, you mentioned one on a TI-83 uh, calculator, right? Like we all, in high school, I remember I had one of those calculators. There was this game called Gangster. I think it was called Gangster, something like that. And you would, uh, uh, you know, it was almost like you were dealing drugs and stuff in the game. You'd make money and stuff and um, just super fun. So it, it kind of is reminiscent of that to me. It sounds like there was another couple games called Dope Wars or, or actually something. But um, yeah, it's a great, it's a cool idea and definitely kind of brings that nostalgic feel um, for players in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that there were a few games in development right now. I was wondering, for those not familiar with the original Dope Wars, if you could describe a little bit about how the original Dope Wars worked and then go into uh, what you guys have in development right now. Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, there are, again, since it is a DAO and there's no one, you know, saying, hey, you can or cannot develop a thing, which is great. Um, you know, there are multiple game experiences being uh, developed. Um, one of them is, is a recreation of the classic game, uh, and the classic game is uh, text-based. Um, where Ours is going to be a little bit uh, better designed than that, um, but it's text-based, and you know, essentially you are a drug dealer, and you get dropped into an area, uh, let's say New York, and you can travel between you know, four or five different boroughs, like maybe you can go to Manhattan or Brooklyn or Queens or something. And in each place, um, you buy and sell substances, right? So it's 
uh, like a drug arbitrage game, which uh, lends itself really well to to crypto, right? It, it, a lot of that uh, you could really map easily to trading tokens on Uniswap or something, right? And so, um, you know, the those guys working on the the Starknet version of that, um, you know, have coded a ton of it. You can see it on our our GitHub, um, GitHub.com slash dope dao d o p e d a o. Um, that one's called RYO on there, and I can drop a link to it later. Um, but that one, you know, our, our recreation of it uh, would essentially be the very similar, right? Um, but it would be driven by an, an AMM um, based on whoever's playing. So, like, let's say you're playing a round of Dope Wars with 10 of your friends, and, you know, nine people join with a hustler that have heroin equipped, and you're the only hustler that has. I don't know, weed equipped or something like that. Um, you can imagine in that game, the price of heroin is going to be very low because the supply is high and the price of weed is going to be high because you're the only one with it. So you might win that round. So there are, there are elements of strategy and, you know, um, do you join the game with uh, a certain substance or not? And you can expand that idea to imagining, you know, if there was a, a fight in the game when you encounter someone else, um, maybe if you have a knife, you don't you know, fare so well against someone with a Glock nine millimeter or, or something. But it, the idea being that the game uh, is controlled by the items that your hustler has equipped and it reads it all from the NFTs. Um, that is this one game experience of many that we're working on. Um, another, which is a lot more visual is what we're calling the dope MMO. Um, and that is you, you log into this um, dope MMO platform with your hustler and you can walk around and talk talk to other hustlers kind of in this pixel metaverse. If anyone's seen World Wide Web 3, um, looks sort of like that, where you can walk around and, you know, um, speak to other people inside of there that are also in the game um, and launch other games from the platform. So we're really trying to make it a platform for other people to develop games. Uh, one game that I am currently working on with another community member is a version of Rock, Paper, Scissors. Um, so... You, you know, we have our token called paper and imagine that you launch a, an on-chain version of what uh, we're calling it paper, rock, scissors. Um, all of the activity is on optimism. Um, so all the moves are stored on optimism and it's an on-chain game. Um, and if you, you know, you wager paper um, and if you win, uh, you, you get some of that paper back. Uh, obviously, the, the DAO will take a small cut of that. And uh, if you lose, obviously you, you lose the paper, but all the results will be stored on optimism. And then we're doing a leaderboard um, and I'm going to be using table land on optimism for that. So um, that hopefully can demonstrate like to other people uh, looking at this project. Oh, wow. You know, I can take this and, and build on top of it as well. I could build a, I don't know, a car racing game or, you know, th think about any other thing that could plug into the dope MMO. And we really want that dope MMO on optimism to be the launch pad for all these other games. Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds, that sounds very cool. So would that, would something like that, the rock or the paper rock scissors game be one of the first games that uh, users would be able to use and kind of interact with? I know that a decent amount of our audience actually does have uh, Dope Wars NFTs. And one of the things that we were wondering over the past few weeks that we, we touched on a couple times was if we were able to do anything with those, uh, those, those Dope Wars NFTs uh, right now. Yeah, the only thing you can do right now is is trade uh, gear and, and equip them. So I'm I'm hoping with a small, really simple game like paper, rock, scissors, um, 
it can be a tangible thing that uh, really sparks the imagination of folks to say, oh, wow, there, there is a game. Um, and, and really, um, there are the possibility of multiple games, right? Um, so that's why I, I chose that one to be really simple off the bat um, and, and hopefully provide a framework to, to demonstrate to other people how to, uh, you know, how to build these things, um, open source the code, um, what the norms are for funneling revenue back to the DAO. And um, yeah, it looks like that probably will be the first tangible thing that you can do with it uh, once, we, once we get that up, in, in addition to being able to, you know, equip and re-equip your characters. Okay. And so then for those who own uh, NFTs, whether it be the hustler or, you know, naked hustler that you need to buy gear for, um, would they be able to play that with just a naked hustler? Would you need gear? Do you have to have a, a OG hustler? How, how does that work or how, how might that work? The idea right now is that um, anyone can play it. Um, I'm going to try and limit it, I think, to people who have hustlers to begin with. But it's not uh, being very simple. It's not going to use any of the attributes that you have on your um, hustler in, in terms of you know what gear you have. I think that would be uh, would be interesting, but probably overly complicated for what we're trying to deliver in a short order. Um, and and I also want to demonstrate to you know some of the optimism delegates and things like, hey, we are building tangible things on optimism. Uh, check it out before we kind of go back, I think, with uh, potentially a different proposal that might be a little more palatable to some of the voters there. Yeah, I love that idea. Um, and since, you know, the, so number one, I love that the project is kind of built from the bottom up, starting uh, with, you know, the, or kind of a derivative of the loot project where the community can use their imagination to build. And so I think that, you know, whenever the paper, rock, scissors, or first game kind of comes out, the community can interact with. I think you're right. I think that's going to inspire a lot of the community to get involved and and start building and, and and things uh, will move uh, a, a lot, a lot faster. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely excited to to get and play the game. I know that uh, that I have a hustler and a couple other people in here listening. They also have have hustlers as well. So very, very excited for that. And your proposal on uh, the Optimism Governance Forum, as we've been chatting, is start to make or starting to make a lot more sense. Um, because obviously you guys aren't VC funded, right? And so, you know, you need that funding to come from uh, another place uh, to help, to help number one, fund the game, um, and then, you know, reward users within the game uh, in the future. Yeah, exa exactly. And so, um, you know, we, like you mentioned, we do have no VC funding and, um, you know, we're kind of playing with the idea if we could potentially do that. I think there are, uh, maybe some legal hurdles uh, to that. Um, there might be some ways around that. Another way uh, to keep kind of well, kind of money flowing into the organization would be to develop you know games that make the NFTs useful enough and desirable enough so that we drum up more secondary sales, um, which is a, another thing that we're considering. Right in in terms of how do we make the dope NFTs more visually interesting? How do we uh, make those a little bit more desirable? Um, and then you know a third might be. Uh, through the Optimism grant proposal on if we are incentivizing people to come over, maybe we can work together collaboratively with the Optimism team to uh, incentivize people 
um, to demonstrate that there are on-chain game possibilities on Optimism. So um, like mentioned before, I'm, I'm really trying to keep all of the options open and trying to pursue whatever is going, whatever path is going to be the best for the DAO and, and also bring in um, sustainable revenue in, in the shortest amount of time. That's great. I mean, it sounds like you sort of have a plan pretty well laid out. Um, you think, should we jump into talking just a little bit about kind of the purpose and um, kind of what your goal is with the proposal? Yeah, sure. Um, so n not being the author, uh, I, I will speak for him. I know he said he's in the audience here, but um, can't get access or, or something there. So I, I can chat about it a little bit. Um, I think the proposal on optimism, you know, as, as mentioned a couple seconds ago, is intended to do a few things. Number one, raise awareness that there is uh, on-chain games being built on the platform. Uh, number two, raise awareness that, you know, we are, uh, I think, one of the first NFT projects uh, and, and, in my opinion, the most interesting NFT project on Optimism. Um, and, and then number three, you know, I, I really want to ensure that um, our community is rewarded for bridging funds and engaging with the optimism platform you know there there are a number of other l2 platforms that might be um more entrenched for gaming right now uh, i can think of one in particular that really focuses on gaming uh projects and and i'm sure uh you all know the one i'm talking about <laughs> um, but i don't think uh having a an L2 controlled by a company or a corporation is uh, aligns with the ethos of Ethereum and the decentralized nature of it. Um, and so me personally, and I, and I believe a couple of the other builders that work on dope wars are really much more interested in building on uh, an open platform governed by um, sort of a, a different ethos. Right. Um, and, it is difficult to incentivize people to move funds onto a newer network. Um, and I think it would be beneficial for everyone in the Optimism Network to support, you know, unique, innovative, and uh, interesting projects that will put more eyes on the entire network. Um, so it was our idea that um, we could work together collaboratively with the Optimism community to, to do just that, right? Incentivize people to bridge their um, funds over to optimism to bridge their paper over to optimism to engage in the network and, you know, pay network fees uh, and, and those low gas fees that we all love on optimism and, and purchase NFTs on, on the platform to really raise awareness of it as a viable alternative to some of the other L2 chains that, that seem to have a few more games on them at the moment. I love that, man. Um, thanks for kind of the overview there. And out of curiosity, you know, thinking about some of those other layer twos, right? We have ZK Sync, we have Arbitrum, Immutable X. There's a whole n number of uh, layer twos that leverage Ethereum's base layer for security, right? Why yeah. specifically choose Optimism out of curiosity? Um, I, I think the... Fast transaction speed was interesting to us. Um, you know, we have looked at some of the other ones and that, um, you know, ha have not been uh, as successful, I think, in terms of, of speed of transactions. Um, I particularly enjoy the, the team and the ethos. Um, 
I was not the one who suggested that we move to optimism. I was unaware of it actually before Terrence, who is our kind of gigabrain master coder, uh, solidity expert, um, said that we should um, head over to optimism and to be just quite, uh, I guess, candid. Um, I, I trust his opinion on that kind of stuff, right? He, he's been in the space for a long time. He understands uh, the people behind it. He understands the ethos uh, behind the, the project. And he said, hey, this is a great way for us to uh, kind of be a first mover on the platform and a great way for us to technically be able to um, do these really complicated on-chain artwork NFTs um, without it costing uh, a, an arm and a leg. Um, I think when, I, I don't recall the exact number, but I think uh, it was somewhere around $20,000 to deploy the contracts at the time that we did all of this stuff to get it onto uh, Optimism. And it, it would have just been impossible to do it on, on Ethereum um, on mainnet. So um, all of those reasons, right? And and hopefully uh, we we made the right choice in, in moving on to optimism. And I, and I think we do, right? Like I, I am personally um, really excited. And, and I think uh, I have a sense of safety, you know, when I look at the, the things that the optimism team is doing to address security concerns, you know, where, where they uh, are funding, I think, the correct things to ensure that the platform can be viable for, for a long time. I love that. And it's great just to hear that, you know, you have Terrence who you can really trust, who's a solidity expert, really technically sound judgment and kind of made that call. So, um, yeah, I, I've heard similar things that, you know, from the technical side, I'm not a developer, but um, the optimism is quite mature and quite ready for scalability um, where it stands now. So, yeah, it's definitely exciting to hear that. Um, so I, you probably know Jay Rocky uh, is a delegate on Optimism, right? So Jay Rocky, any thoughts on their proposal or any specific questions about the um, Dope Wars proposal um, that, that, that they have here that you've seen? Yeah, I actually really love this proposal, uh, probably because I was already familiar with uh, with Dope Wars, and I don't know if a lot of the the delegates who were voting um, for these proposals were necessarily super familiar with the Dope Wars uh, project and kind of team in general. Um, and you know that's why I think the the first proposal, it seems like, uh, is struggling a little bit. There's, uh, it, it might not pass the, the first round. Um, but I personally loved it for a couple of different, a uh, couple of different reasons. Um, a few that, uh, faces already went over, but, you know, number one, it has direct benefits to the optimism ecosystem. Um, you know, number one, bringing in, an entirely new user base um, from L1. And so, you know, the first 30%, 25% and 5% respectively uh, would go to incentivize those L1 NFT holders to move over uh, or to bridge their assets, um, which, you know, is, is not easy to do from L1 to L2 directly onto Optimism, uh, bringing new users in uh, who may not have even um, thought to to come over to Optimism because Dope Wars is the, the only uh, game right now as, as far as I know 
know uh, on optimism so it's nice that they are the the only ones doing this and then the other five percent uh to reimburse the the early adopters who've already bridged their nfts uh over to optimism um as as sort of a reward not to leave them hanging uh so yeah i really love the proposal because number one it brings in uh new users to optimism number two uh, those new users maybe users who would have never came to optimism in the first place because uh, optimism doesn't currently have any any other kind of gaming on it um which is which is very nice um and then the the other 25 percent uh you know once they're on optimism would go to uh in-game rewards so you know for users who have uh bridged over and start to play and new users uh who come over to optimism to play the game are kind of incentivized to keep playing and uh stay within the optimism ecosystem um And then the 45% is starting to make a lot more sense to me uh, now, given uh, the history that we we just went over for uh, the Dope Wars DAO uh, and it not being VC funded or not getting kind of any funds from elsewhere. That 45% uh, goes towards development of the games, um, you know, to to fund the community members who are building uh, this thing from the, the bottom up so that, uh, you know, there's... it kind of builds a gaming ecosystem uh, on optimism. So, yeah, I mean, I'm personally a huge fan of, of this proposal. Man, I appreciate that. It's a, <laughs> it's a hard project to communicate, right? There's a lot of working pieces and moving pieces. And um, I think, like you said, you're, you're right. Since you already knew about the project and you're kind of in it already, you, you understand the nuance of it. Um, I do, you know, I sit and I read all of the, the comments about the proposal and, and the critique and everything. And I think there is some fair critique in there that like we could do a better job of uh, maybe breaking down smaller milestones um, and, you know, showing progress on those milestones. So that's really what I'm hoping to do over the next, you know, like four to six weeks or so uh, with the first proof of concept game on optimism that's um, under development. Um, and then hopefully we can go back uh, within that time frame after we have something deployed on optimism, that's a playable game and say, okay, cool. Here's a really simple game. You know, it's storing um, results on chain um, and, and storing the results of those games on chain. Here is a framework for other people to do that and then demonstrate um, here is what we need, you know, the additional OP for development for, and that would be to develop our quest module for the game. So that'd be kind of the, the second more complicated thing where you are able to walk around the MMO map that, you know, looks really attractive and it's really fun. Um, and you're able to interact with other characters and complete um, quests to receive on-chain NFT rewards. Um, building that out is non-trivial, especially because all of our artwork is stored on-chain. So to do that, um, you know, we have a pixel artist, obviously, who creates um, the look and feel of these things. We actually have to run Python scripts to encode all of that so it can be stored on chain. And then the actual contract call has to be uh, made to ensure that we store the artwork on chain. And then we have to have a secure way to ensure that when people, you know, uh, accomplish these quests, that um, they can mint the NFTs and it cannot be gamed. It has to be secure. Um, hopefully I'm communicating that all of this stuff is really difficult to build and it needs to, someone needs to be paid to build the stuff. Um, so that uh, hopefully spelling that out in a more, clear way um 
would will help that uh, if assuming this proposal doesn't go through, um, you know, doing that hopefully would make a, a subsequent proposal, I think, with an adjusted amount of dev tokens, probably a little bit more palatable once people understand what we're actually building in detail. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. And by the way, uh, I think that your proposal, you guys have been probably one of the more active ones, um, you know, accepting the feedback and kind of uh, taking that into consideration and adjusting right on the forum. So I think that uh, that's going to be very much appreciated by the delegates. And it sounds like you have an awesome plan uh, to kind of rework that proposal and, you know, explain uh, a little bit um inside of the proposal and create some some milestones just like uh just like you did here um i think it's just it's nice it, it was nice that you guys accepted to come on because i really liked this proposal and i think that people just need to understand a little bit more about you know the history of the project what you guys are all about what you guys um are trying are trying to build uh, to get some momentum behind this yeah, thanks, man. And uh, I really hope too. you know, um, assuming a proposal gets through, um, like I, I can code all of this stuff myself, and I can be the product manager, and I can be the designer, I really don't want to be I really want like other people to come and help me do this stuff so we can do it faster. But um, other people aren't crazy like me and don't do this stuff for free, and they need to get paid. Um, so <laughs> we really need to uh, figure out a way to do that. Uh, and it would also be helpful if I could even pay myself a, uh, a cut rate amount um, to work on some of this stuff, uh, which I've been finding it difficult to do uh, for a couple months. But uh, yeah, with, with support. And uh, I think, you know, like you said, reworking some of the feedback um, and coming up with a maybe a little tweaked proposal, I think we'll make it happen. So I'm, I'm uh, optimistic uh, to make a really bad pun. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you can't you can't do it all by yourself, uh, even though you have the skill set uh, to do it for sure. Um, I was wondering if you could pick out uh, one kind of need right now that is like head and shoulders above um, the other. Like what kind of skill set or position um, do you think would benefit Dope Wars most in the short to intermediate term? Um, we need two things. Um a, a phaser developer um, to help us with our dope MMO and quest uh, module would be really helpful right now. Um, and that's an open source kind of web framework to build games uh, of which we've already built a, uh, a little bit out. Um, we need to do some refinement. Um, so a phaser developer would be really helpful. Um, also additionally helpful if they know the Go programming language, which is not hard to learn. I learned it in the last three months or so. Um, and then a Solidity expert or two would also be really helpful because uh, I am not good at Solidity and I'm trying to get better, but um, I am definitely not an expert. <laughs> and that's Phaser spelled P-H-A-S-E-R, right? Correct. Yeah, P-H-A-S-E-R, Phaser. Yeah, it's important. To, you know, it takes a team. Um, I think, you know, the way you have the DAO set up and, you know, the fact that there's sort of a community behind Dope wars, you know, you can't be no man is or woman is an island, right? So it takes uh, takes your team, and it's great to see that you're kind of um, thinking about that now and looking for kind of a way to scale up the team, add some skilled team members to um, help build and develop and take on some of that responsibility. Um, I kind of wanted to pivot here a little bit to your blog post on Medium. I have it pinned up there. It's called On Startups, Work, Creativity, and DAOs. 
And part of it, you kind of go over makers versus talkers, how there's a lot of people that are involved and very passionate. And then there's others that are, you know, skilled and actually building things, making things happen. Um, sort of wanted your take, not because, you know, I've, I've never built a DAO. So I'm just curious, um, what is like thinking back on the early days of the DAO and kind of how it progressed and sort of some of the things that you talk about here in this blog post, um, you know, if you're going to design a DAO or like, you know, a DAO that was focused on building a product, like a game, like Dope Wars, right? How would you begin or how would you kind of try to start that over or any key lessons on DAOs that you've kind of taken from uh, the process and kind of the experiences you've had so far? Anything that um, you can share tips, tricks, or maybe, you know, best practices for, for DAOs in general that could be leveraged by others? Oh, man, uh, so many. <laughs> I could speak on this for quite a while, so uh, tell me to shut up if I'm going too long. Um, I, I mean, in, in particular, it, it's really interesting because I, I think the excitement generated at that point in time, um, you couldn't have done it any better or differently. Um, it was great to have it be open, right, because... Um, people's minds were really curious about, well, number one, what is this DAO thing? Number two, how do I contribute to the DAO? And then, um, you know, how, how does it all work? Right. And, um, I think everyone jumped into buying the NFT, uh, with maybe the exception of one or two people, Denison and Terrence on the kind of the founding team that actually knew, uh, and had participated, knew what a DAO was or the intent of the DAO and how to participate in it. Right. I, I think there are a lot of misconceptions about DAOs out there uh, for people who have not participated in one and don't really understand that at the end of the day. Um, well, number one, they're, they're all unique. Right. Um, no DAO is, is the same because it's comprised of, of different people. And, you know, the, the rules and responsibilities and the, the smart chain governance is, is different for for a number of them. Um, so so if I were to start it over, um, I man, it's tough because I don't know if, if it were designed in a way that I would like to design it today, design the, the operation of the DAO, I don't know if we would have seen kind of the critical mass and the creativity that came in from the beginning. Um, but if I were to start a product-based DAO today, um, I, I think you have to be really clear on a number of things. Um, you have to be clear about um, the outcome that you're looking to achieve. And, and my outcome is I would like to create um, great products for people to use and enjoy, right? And, and for that, you need a team, right? And you need a team that's compensated. Um, so you need to set up the, the treasury in a way that makes that um, possible, right? So I think there was an error in the original way that the DAO was constructed in that the DAO kept no resources for itself, not one. So all the 8,000 dope NFTs were minted out. Um, and the, the idea was that only the Dow Treasury would be funded from secondary sales. Well, that's great if you have a really healthy market of secondary sales, but you know, with how the NFT market was at that time, we saw maybe a few weeks of really heavy trading, um, and then it kind of you know tailed off from there. Um, and and that's most NFT projects. So if you were to create a new NFT-based Dow, um, the first recommendation I would give you is uh, reserve some assets for your Dow that you can actually sell at some point and, and fill your treasury. Um, you know, I think another error was made when the, um, it, let me, let me say, state this in the context of 
um, I am approaching this statement from the context of trying to fill the treasury. But I, I think when we did the paper claim as well, that was a second mistake in not reserving any of that paper for the Dow, another asset that we you know, gave freely to the community, which was great for community engagement and participation, um, but bad for um, the health, I think, of the Dow overall. Um, I think a third mistake um, was not having active management of that treasury you know, when it was at its all time high, um, we had, you know, at some time when ETH was really high, uh, the USDC value of the Dow was a million dollars, right? And some community members um, very vocally proposed, hey, we need to stable the treasury. Um, their idea was that they could just say, hey, we need to stable the treasury, um, but not put up a proposal and, and not figure out how to actually do it on chain within the context of how our governor works or any of those things. And so while they said those things, nothing ever actually happened, right? Um, I think DAOs should have some sort of treasurer, active treasury management, someone that the community can trust or that is empowered, empowered to um, take those really big decisions. And if you don't have one of those people, maybe you institute a policy of passive treasury management, wherein any funds that you get are automatically half stable. That could be a strategy, right? Um, I think that would be would also be key in in Dow um, Treasury uh, management and, and design. Um, also, going back to kind of the design of a Dow, like a product based Dow, um, I really don't think ownership of the end product um, maps well to control of governance. Um, I, I strongly believe that um, a successful strategically created nimble agile DAO um, that's the intent is to create products should be based your your control of the DAO should be based on your contributions um, and, and that's a difficult one to kind of figure out uh, ahead of time right uh, unless you already have that team um, so I would say if you are trying to form a DAO like that like a product-based DAO maybe recruit the people that you want to work on the product with first or as many as you can set up that system and, and then have those kind of job postings or bounties or, um, you know, those positions that you need help with mapped out ahead of time. Because we got a lot of that when the, the DAO was first uh, started and a lot of people are in Discord. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm such and such and I can do this. How do I help? No one was there to say, okay, cool. We, you can start on this today. Start coding this. Start, you know, making marketing materials. Start doing that. The only people that stuck around were people who realized that and just started making stuff and putting it out there, not asking for permission. Um, I, I think for DAOs to grow and to be a bigger force in the future, you really have to learn from organization design, right? You have to learn from uh, what makes a great company and then apply that to the DAO. Like just because these are DAOs and, and this is crypto and it's this open world doesn't mean all of those lessons learned from, you know, hundreds of years of, of corporations and industry just go out the window. Um, I, I think it would be good for people to have organizational skills uh, from that world, be involved in DAOs and, and really, you know, design the interaction of how people approach the DAO and, and how do they join the DAO? How do they, how are they onboarded into the DAO? Um, I think if someone does that, um, they're going to be very successful. Huge. You covered a lot there, a lot to unpack. Um, so going back to what you said about treasury management, you, you were saying um, 
people were promoting the idea of stabilizing the Dow, right? Half, you, you said something along the lines of half stable. Did, does that mean, you know, diversifying from solely ETH holdings to say half ETH, half stable coins? Is that what you're referring to? Yeah, sorry for not touching on that in depth, but the idea, you know, we, we have hired a number of contractors, right? And most of those, those contractors want to get paid in USDC, um, not ETH. So like me, for instance, if I go to contract somewhere, I'm, I'm pretty late stage in my career and I've done a lot of work, I charge $200 an hour, right? Um, so I, I don't want to uh, receive, uh, I, I want to receive my rate, you know, because I could be working on in any other thing. And, and so uh, other people are the same way, you know, so we've had other people come in and say, hey, my rate is $40 an hour. My rate is, you know, $2,000 per project. Um, the problem with that is if you have your treasury in Ethereum and the, the price of that Ethereum fluctuates, well, you know, some days if, if ETH is going up, you get the best deal as the Dow. Um, but as we've seen over the last six months or so, if ETH goes down, you're not getting the, the good end of that deal, right? And your, your spending power diminishes. Um, so, you know, some community members had proposed uh, at a time, they said, hey, we believe ETH is going to go down. We should stable the treasury. We need to, you know, stable half of the treasury. We want to we take 500,000 of it, uh, let's say when it was at its peak, and we, are gonna, we want to convert that, that to USDC. And a lot of people in Discord, yeah, that's a great idea. Awesome. Yeah, we think ETH is going to go down too. We should do that. Um, the problem with that is in the context of a DAO, no one was able to create a proposal on tally. So our, our, our governance is, is on chain. Um, all of the funds are inside of a governance contract, a smart contract, and nothing moves out of that contract unless a vote on chain is done. Um, and that process takes a week. <laughs> and so the, uh, the outcome of that vote it can execute the governance contract, can execute a smart contract call, but none of the people proposing this stuff even took the time to figure that out or knew that or how to you know, create a proposal on our governance platform. Um, and and you know, they didn't understand, okay, well now they had to not only do that, but create a smart contract call potentially into a different smart contract to send the ETH to that would swap it at the current rate you know, uh, at that time, not a preset rate with slippage and, you know, it's very complicated, right? So I, I don't blame the people um, who were proposing it because that's a complicated thing that's very difficult to understand unless you understand coding and smart contracts and all these things. Um, I really do think that we need better tooling to help out with that and to make it more easy to understand um, kind of the nuances of DAOs. Um, I, I can see for a novice coming in, um, not being explained the you know, the technical kind of underpinnings of this stuff, um, why it would be frustrating to propose such a thing, and then it doesn't happen. Um, so I, I think it's kind of like twofold, right? We need better DAO education, um, and we also need, you know, better tooling and, and design of that tooling to make it approachable for normal people to interact with. It shouldn't just be for programmers. Huge, a lot, a lot there. And, you know, you brought up onboarding as well, right? When somebody joins... A lot of what Web3 is, or even the internet nowadays in general, is permissionless, right? Like anyone can publish a blog post, anyone can build a piece of software and release it out into the world for people to use um, or even pay to use. Um, but, you know, when you have something that's sort of built already, a game like Dope Wars, new people are jumping into your Discord, um, having a way for 
like those first steps, those initial steps to familiarize, um, get, get comfortable with how everything works in the ecosystem, what people are building, what projects are open and need contribution. I think that's a huge opportunity as well, right? Because when you have passionate people, passionate users, like you said, um, I mean, if they're, if they're offering to help, but then there's no real like structure for where they can go or what actions they can take to help, whether it's editing videos, um, you know, editing code on GitHub or anything, right? Uh, it can be, it could probably be challenging. So that was also, I liked how you brought that up and um, that was definitely interesting to hear about. Yeah, thanks, man. I mean, it's really daunting too, right? Because there are, I, I really want to be clear that there are makers uh, when I, you know, you mentioned that line that I said in the article, which I know could be maybe grading for people who are not like a coder or something like that. I'm, when I say makers and talkers, I really mean people who create just positive outcomes for the the DAO in general, right? And And to your point, it could be a video editor or like somebody who makes memes or somebody who makes you know, like the animated gifts for Discord or, you know, someone who's constantly uh, promoting the project and like bringing other people into it and explaining it and providing support. Like those are all helpful things. Um, you don't have to be a, a coder, but I, I do think there is this like barrier to entry that, that still is very difficult to scale to just understanding how these things work if you don't have that like software engineering kind of perspective, especially when it comes to the on-chain governance. Um, portions and aspects of it and and actually you know if you don't understand how to make those things and like the difficulty it takes to actually create software i can see why people get frustrated right because they're they don't do that as a day-to-day thing they don't understand that you know games uh you know like a game like gta probably takes years to create right but they want it they want it done now because it's uh on the blockchain and it's crypto and everything should be fast (laughs) um so i try i try and take a lot of that stuff with kind of a lighthearted, uh, lighthearted approach and, and be as understanding as I can, because we're all approaching this from our own perspective and our own, you know, our own pace. And we're all learning, uh, I think, together. Yeah, I think that is incredibly well said. And with the last 10 minutes or so, I'd like to invite the audience up uh, to ask any questions uh, to to us, to Dope Wars, uh, anything that you're curious about or would like us to dig into a little bit more uh, while we wait for the audience to think a little bit and um, pull them up. I would like to ask, uh, are there any existing optimism tool or optimism tooling for DAOs that you guys are plugging into or have have looked at? Um... Yeah, um, I mean, I know that uh, Gnosis exists on Optimism, right? We we have a Gnosis multi-sig where actually all of our Quixotic uh, royalties go into. That, that's kind of like a DAO useful tool. Uh, I think Juicebox is on Optimism. I, I could be correct or incorrect there. And I know Tally is working to get stuff on Optimism. Um, so we were playing with an idea of maybe moving our governance over to Optimism platform, but that, you know, wasn't a thing that we um, have actually done. I'm sure there are more, and I apologize if I haven't name checked one. I'm sure someone's going to jump in and say, hey, I have this really great thing that'll solve your problem, and it's on Optimism today. So I, I would love if there are other tools out there. Um, jump in our Discord, hit me up. Um, we are always looking to work with other projects and, and things like that. 
Yeah, that is great. The thing that comes to mind, and I haven't looked into any of these protocols, um, nor do I know exactly which networks they are on, but the thing that really struck me was what uh, what you said about treasury management, right? Just DAOs needing better treasury management in general. And it's also, you know, very, very complex, uh, you know, in the, in the Web2 or traditional financial uh, world, there are people and teams dedicated just to treasury management because you have to have so much knowledge of uh, kind of the financial and risk management side of things. I do know that there are a couple protocols attempting to do this uh, crypto natively on chain where uh, other protocols who need that kind of treasury management and want to outsource it uh, can go to these protocols and kind of um, plug into them for automated treasury management based on based on certain goals. I don't know if you've heard um, anything about about those protocols. Yeah, I, I have, and a couple of them have have approached us. But I, I think the blocker there for us, you know, is we would have to rework so much of how our project already works today. Um, being that we have, you know, ETH already locked in a governance contract, and so okay, how do you get it out of there? Um, how do you, you know, get it over to this asset management um, solution, is it decentralized? Is it permissionless? Is it on some, you know, does someone have the keys to it where it's like a three AC or Celsius or something where if they uh, go belly up, you're, you know, you've lost your treasury. I, I think all of those things have to be considered. And I, for me, an attractive solution for being something on chain, uh, it, it would have to be on chain. It would have to be decentralized. It would not, you know, we would have to have control of our funds and it would have to be easy to get over to. Right. And so I think there are rough edges on all of these things. And it's great that people are working on very specific solutions to those problems. Uh, and, I'm, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm sure those will just get better over time, especially as people focus on them. I love that. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to throw a, one last invite out. Anybody in the audience want to jump up and, say what's up uh you know i don't know if it's kind of nerve-wracking sometimes to join as a speaker but i see i'm your dad is down in the audience vibrant soul is down there have both been up here as speakers before so feel free to come on up um definitely an open friendly space where anyone can just join and talk about really anything so but um yeah uh so faces anything that people should do that uh, if they're interested in getting started playing Dope Wars, learning more about the game, where should people go? Any links or recommendations for where to start for, for those of us that are interested in the game, want to play, maybe haven't played before and want to get into it? Yeah, man. Um, I would say just head over to the website, dopewars.gg. Um, when you go there, a little about page will open up that hopefully explains things on kind of what we're building and what we're into and uh, how we're going about it. Um, it has links on that little kind of desktop experience too. If you close out of the about window, it has a, has a links folder and there's one in there with discord, um, jump in the discord, start asking some questions and just say hello. Um, all good there. Um, those would be the, the places, um, you know, you can also, uh, look up on YouTube, look at a uh, classic dope wars game to kind of get a sense for, for what that game is. Um, it's really fun. Uh, I haven't, I have it actually on a Palm pilot emulator that I play on my desk, uh, when I'm bored to remind me of the, the fun that I used to have playing the thing. Um, and to just give me inspiration. Um, that's probably about it, man. I, I just want to also thank you guys for having me on, um, and having, you know, the, given us the space to talk about dope wars. I'm, 
uh, apologize that we weren't able to bring any other one else on. I'm sure I can get tiring to listen to. So uh, thank you for your patience and, you know, also um, just the opportunity. So definitely we'll be sharing this around and uh, hopefully we can do something again when we have uh, maybe a passing proposal up and, and we have some more things to actually demonstrate that we have built on optimism. Uh, thank you so much for joining. By the way, this was so unbelievably informational. And uh, whenever you guys do have a new proposal up, um, you know, I'm a big proponent of this proposal. Um, and I, based on what you've been saying here, I'm definitely going to be a big supporter um, of the, the next proposal as well. I'd like to see Dope Wars get funded um, and, and built. I'm excited, by the way, for the, the first on-chain game, uh, Paper, Rock, Scissors, uh, just to get something on Optimism and uh, or the, a game on Optimism to, to interact with. That sounds exciting. Yeah, man. And uh, I'm glad you're excited because I'm excited about it, too. And uh, I think it's we're going to have some prizes for you. So there are some some interesting little visual fun things. And of course, it will be in the uh, Dope Wars retro style that hopefully you guys enjoy on the dopewars.gg site. So uh, get ready for some stuff. there. <laughs> what, so I'm going to give you the version of when token, when game launch. Uh, I, I hope uh, seven. I hope seven weeks or so. So um, I'm actually working with the Tableland team. Um, really cool on-chain um, data storage solution, and I'm I'm working with them on on their actual grant pilot program to store all of the results on-chain. So I'm working with those guys who are helping me with some of the Solidity stuff, uh, and and a few of our community members over the seven-week period to launch something and. You know, we'll be promoting it after those seven weeks and then also the textile slash table land guys will as well. So uh, about about two months. Look out for that. All right. A lot to look forward to. And yeah, Faces, thanks again for joining and um, definitely relay our thanks to the rest of the Dope Wars team. Um, yeah, it was really awesome to hear kind of your thoughts on a lot. I think we covered a lot here today. So appreciate it. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for jumping on. Jay Rocky, good connecting, man. Thanks, everybody. Until next week. Next week, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Later.